Okay, we're back. This is Sports BKC. I'm Rustin Dodd of the Kansas City Star alongside Sam Mellinger uh, and Chris Fickett over on the board. Okay, we Sam, we've just been talking about uh, kind of the, the bigger question marks heading into spring training, but let's do let's do the Sports BKC roster breakdown. All right. All right. So this is what I'm going to do. Royals right now have 58 players headed to Surprise Arizona. That's a Pitchers lot. and catchers report on February 18th. Uh, the first workout, February 23rd, at the facility in Surprise. Um, so let's go. We don't need to talk about all these guys. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to tell you the by position group, the guys that are headed to Surprise, and you just give me your thoughts, one or two, on the pitchers, the infielders, the outfielders, and we'll just go like that. Is that does that work? Sure. Okay. Um, let's start with the just these are just guys on the 40-man roster so I'm gonna list off this is alphabetical order the guys some of you may have heard of some of you may have not um, the guys that will be down there um, they've got 18 pitchers on the 40-man let's just list them off all right left-hander Scott Alexander reliever uh, left right-hander Miguel Almonte top prospect Tim Collins coming off Tommy John surgery Wade Davis probably the best reliever in baseball Danny Duffy uh, question marks around him. Then Brian Flynn, they got him for Aaron Crow last year. Kelvin Herrera, he'll be in the bullpen. Luke Hochaver, another bullpen piece. Ian Kennedy, new starter. Chris Medlin, um, likely in the rotation, but a swingman guy. Alec Mills, um, Joaquin Soria, Matthew Strom, Jason Vargas. He's coming back from Tommy John. He won't be available until probably the late summer. Then you've got Jordana Ventura, Edinson Volquez, Chris Young, and Kyle Zimmer. Never heard of him. Yeah. So, all right. So, those are the the guys on the roster heading to spring training. Sam, thoughts Let's on go. the pitchers? What what comes to mind when I list all those names off? Um, I mean, the the most interesting guy on that list to me um, is Danny Duffy, uh, just because I like how many people like when they think about Danny Duffy, one of the Five. One of the first five things that they think about is not going to be that he was their best starting pitcher in 2014. Like, that's really easy for people to forget, right? Um, but it's true. And he was until the kind of middle of September when, um, you know, at the time, and this is kind of weird to think back on, but at the time, the Royals in some ways were allowing it to be presented like he was just kind of like lost his confidence, lost his yeah. mojo. Um, but really he was dealing with an injury yeah. and, and I get why they were doing that. Um, you know, they didn't want to, you know, give up any secrets or whatever going in to the playoffs, but, um, it really put Duffy in a bad, I shouldn't say bad. It was a bad spot. They put him in a tough spot, um, doing that, but he essentially had to sort of not lie outright, but sort of fib about his health status for about a month in a way. Yes. And not just that, but in a way that made him come off as weak yeah. or in a way that made him come off as the team doesn't have confidence in him. And it was just a really hard spot for him. And, um, you know, we didn't really, there was so much going on at the time. I don't think, you know, really a lot of people gave it a second thought, which allowed the kind of charade to go on. But um, anyway, I mean, to me, he's the most interesting guy on that team on, you know, of, of the 18 that you just mentioned. Cause um, I believe in Dan. Like I, I think that guy is really talented. He's obviously talented, and I think that um, he has a good, you know, 
work ethic. He has a good like commitment to pitching, um, you know, which I, I know people sometimes bring up that he walked away from the game a few years back. But, um, you know, I think since then, you know, what has he done to, to give you any doubt? And, uh, you know, I, I think that he could be a monster out of the bullpen if they did that. I mean, absolute monster, not Wade Davis, not like an alien, but like, I think he could be a terrific weapon out of the bullpen. But I also think that he's got, um, you know, something in him to be in the rotation. I mean, 2014 was not that long ago. Yeah. You know, I think he can be that guy again. We know what the Royals formula is and they, with the bullpen and how effective it's been. But I, I do wonder if he's probably the one guy outside of their top three starters that actually probably has I mean, he's like a legitimate number three starter in the major leagues if he's if he's clicking. Yeah, if he's good. And, yeah. And, they, yep. and, and Chris Young and Chris Medlin, at their point in their careers, they might not be that. So uh-huh. I, I do wonder if the Royals should be thinking more in terms of find, finding – thinking of Danny Duffy as a starter until he, he proves that he's not. Not that uh, Ned matches up. You know, in the, yeah. in the pen, but who, who's their lefty then? If if you if if Duffy turns out to be that guy in the rotation, you got to have a lefty, right? Yeah, Ned I, would say maybe not, but I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think that like you know, traditionally you'd like to have one, but um, you know, their guys are so good against you know, Wade Davis will true, yeah. get lefties yeah, out. Yeah, um, Kelvin Herrera. Um, you know, they don't have problems getting lefties out, and you know, we mentioned Tim Collins. Um, but if I remember right, he's got a reverse split, doesn't he? Yeah. Like don't don't righties hit him? Yeah, like he's tough do. on righties and, and, and lefties. There's a couple of names I haven't mentioned because they're on the non-roster invite. Um, but John Lannon um, huh? from was at AAA last year. He's a lefty. Numbers have been bad the last couple of years, but he's still he's only 31. Was an effective starter for a while. And if you if you go by the kind of the adage that you know, ineffective starters can sometimes turn into effective relievers. He's a guy that I, I would watch for in camp to see if he could give yeah. him something. And Brian Flynn was was pretty good um, last year in, in spring training. And, in fact, probably would have made the team, but then Ryan Madsen sort of came out of nowhere yeah. and w- w- was great. So um, I guess he's another left-handed guy that, that could give him um, something, at least until Tim Collins comes back. Okay, yeah. let's go to – let's go catchers really quick. Okay. Um, not a lot of intrigue here, but we do have Tony Cruz, Drew Batera, and then Sal Perez. Um, obviously, I guess the question is who's going to be the backup. Um, but what What do you – Drew Butera caught the final out of the World Series. So yeah, that yeah. I think uh, – <laughs> I don't know. No, um, but has donated the ball to. You know, I was, yeah. He you could know, have held I've that, use that as ransom to to get the backup job. Like I'm not giving this ball up unless. Uh, I also yeah. sort of have a hot take about Drew Butera in that final out. Let it rip. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've often so it was a late strike call, and the I've been the entire thing. I feel like they just. They botched. Now, this botched is too strong a word, but if that's like the image of them winning the World Series for all time, it wasn't the smoothest of, of final outs. Because if you watch it, it was a late strike call. There and was a delayed reaction. Drew Batera yeah, then yeah. proceeds to turn around to thank the umpire. Um, and I don't mean I don't know if he was thanking him for the strike call, maybe to a point or something. But he so he turns around to the umpire and sort of like says something to the umpire. In the meantime. Uh, Conforto, who I think was the guy that struck out 
is walking across the plate, and Butera turns around, doesn't see him, runs right into Conforto. So it's already, <laughs> it's already sort of like, like you know, like okay, this is yeah. not going well. And then he runs out, and and then Wade Davis and Butera on the all-time like jump hugs. <laughs> yeah. They did not really nail it. Right. So right. I mean, I think. I mean, obviously they had to pinch run for Sal Perez, and Ned Yost even joked about after the game how he felt bad that Sal wasn't out there. But I'm just saying, if you look at our photo of of, yeah. of the the jump, the first guy running out to the mound is, is yeah. Sal. I yeah, he almost got there in time to. <laughs> from a purely aesthetic like way that like that was not the most pretty it end was, of so World Series. Maybe like what we're saying here is in part one. Um, you know, the reasons to worry or whatever. Like I talked about complacency, but maybe the not nailing <laughs> yeah. the instant <laughs> celebration, that's what will drive them all off season to 96 wins and winning the World Series in four instead of five. Okay. They could get Bruce Weber to coach him up on how to celebrate the <laughs> right. The, but then the not be able to use it. Yeah. That was weird. One, one thing, uh, this is sort of inside baseball, but if, this is a baseball podcast. Tony Cruz has options available. So if he, he could go to AAA Omaha mm-hmm. to start the season. So Butera probably has the inside track, at least from that perspective. Sure. Okay, let's go to infielders. Um, I'm going to list them off here. Christian Colon, Chesler Cuthbert, Alcides Escobar, Eric Mosmer, Omar Infante, Raul Mondesi, Kendris Morales, I guess you can count him as an infielder, uh, Mike <laughs> Moustakis, and Ramon Torres. Kind of a surprising guy that you forget is on the 40-man roster. So, um, people kind of forget, I think. um, Maybe people listening to this podcast haven't forgotten. But I think people kind of forget how bad Alcides Escobar was offensively last year. Um, I mean, he was pretty rotten. And, you know, it was covered up by, um, you know, obviously that the team was so good. And, and also, like, the sort of esky magic thing. Like, it became part of the, I don't want to say the joke, but part of the story about how does this guy, like, you know, improve the team so much. Um, and the answer was he didn't. The pitching was just happened to be better when he hit leadoff. But um, I think – I bring this up because I think that there's more in Alcides Escobar. And, you know, when, when I talk about, like, the Royals are no longer a young team, um, but they're not yet an old team, like, he's one of the guys that I have in mind. Um, you know, because I think he'll be like 29, maybe. He's um, If he hasn't turned 29, he'll be 29 before July 1st of this year. I'm okay. not sure when his birthday is. But yeah. he'll, he'll be the majority of the year this year, he'll be 29. So he's getting there, and um, he's got a lot of baseball on him, you know. Um, I mean, he played 162 a couple years ago. He would have played 162 last year if not for, um, you know, the slide. Um, but I, I think that – and so maybe this is just – I can't get a couple of years ago out of my head, but um, I, I think there's more production in him. And, and I think that he's got some, some gap, you know, sort of line drive power uh, in him if, if he gets going kind of in the right. To me, he's a ve- very much a rhythm player. And so, like, when he's in a good rhythm, it's, you know, if, if he's really good on Monday and Tuesday, I feel like there's a good chance that he's going to be pretty good Thursday and Friday. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of a... I guess people call them streak hitters, but I think a streak hitter is Mike Moustakas a little bit more, but for some reason. But anyway, I think there's more production in Alcides Escobar. He, he, and he's the guy that, that really sticks out on that list to me. Also, Eric Hosmer, um, we talked in, in, in part one about, you know, the guys that had career years um, and, you know, the, the need to make up that production if they don't have another career year. I actually think that Eric Hosmer can be better um, I know he has that weird, like you mentioned, that weird like Brett Saberhagen yeah. thing where he's been a lot better in, in odd years than even years. But um, I think he's got 
a lot more in him. I think he's going to be like 26. I think he was 25 last year. Um, and I, I just I think that Haas is like a, an enormous talent. I think he's athletic. Um, so he'll, he'll stretch singles into doubles. He'll, um, you know, he's got that gap power. He's got um, enough power to get it out of Kauffman Stadium. Um, I, I really, I really believe that he may be, and I thought this was true last year when he was just killing it um, through about the first six or seven weeks of the season. I thought that was his superstar breakout. And, you know, he still had a very good year, but I thought it was going to be even better than that. But I just, I, I believe in that guy and, and I believe in his talent and I also believe in his work ethic. And I think we may be able to see, uh, I think he may be even better yeah. in 16 how old was Alex? How old was Alex Gordon when he had the... The year where he dominated quote, the dominate. Quote. I feel like he was right around twenty six. I'm gonna look it up. Um, and, and not that Eric Hosmer <laughs> has had the the rough, you know, first couple years of his career that Alex Gordon had, but I, he's twenty six. They generally say in baseball, kind of your peak years are twenty six to uh, twenty eight. Now mm-hmm. he's he's going right into that prime. Mm-hmm. So Alex Gordon dominated uh, the year that he turned twenty seven. His birthday is in okay. February. His yeah. birthday might be today. Actually, it is. As it we're is. Alex, it. Yeah. Alex um, Gordon Day in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that he turned 27. I don't know when Haas's birthday. It's in October. Um, yeah, so he's 26 already, I think. So, yeah. Or we'll turn 27 at the end of the year, maybe. But, yeah, yeah. he's 26 now. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to the outfielders um, on the on the 40-man. Uh, alphabetical order, Jorge Bonifacio, uh, Lorenzo Cain, Jared Dyson, Brett Eibner, Raymond Fuentes, Alex Gordon, Terrence Gore, Jose Martinez, uh, AAA legend, uh, Paulo Orlando, and Bubba Starling. So do you remember that time that Alex Gordon signed a $72 million contract and somebody bought him lunch? Yeah. I'm always going to remember that. (laughs) That is so, like, man, there's so much about that. Uh, I don't know. Like, I I think that uh, Lorenzo Cain is the best player on that list. Um, followed, I think, pretty closely by Alex Gordon. Um, the thing about Lorenzo Cain, there was a lot of people, this is easy to forget now, but going into 2015, there were a lot of people that thought 2014 was a fluke. And uh, I remember writing about this, actually, in, in spring training, and a lot of it was based on, um, this is inside baseball, but like you said, this his is a BABIP? baseball. Did he have a very BABIP. high BABIP? He did. Yeah. But his BABIP, which is uh, batting average on balls in play, um, commonly used, uh, I think, incorrectly uh, in baseball to like say somebody got lucky or unlucky. Um, anyway, uh, it was very high. I forgot the number. It was very high. And um, But his, he's always had a big BABIP. And I, I think that part of it is his approach to the plate and, um, you know, that, that he runs like the Dickens um, when, you know, he leads the league or is, you know, in the top five, top ten in infield hits yeah. all the and time. And he doesn't strike out m- yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. so anyway, I bring that up to say that like as much as we um, and this is what I got right. Actually, I wrote that I thought that he could have a big year um, last year. But as much as we talk about how like he can't be as good as he just was, um, we were saying that or at least a lot of people were saying that a year ago. And now look like he's a year older. I think he turned 30 right um, this off season or maybe last year. Um, he'll be 30 this season. He'll be yeah. 30 this year. So, um, you know, he's getting to that point where. Uh, you know, you, you would expect the diminishing, you know, the diminishment to, to start at some point. But he, look, he's still a terrific player um, and he showed more power. And there's no reason to think that that will slow down at age 30. 
Um, so, you know, they've got two of their three spots occupied by stars, right? Yeah, definitely. And if you look at the rest of the guys on that group real quick, I, I am interested to see. There's not a lot of separation be, between their their kind of their second-tier outfielders, at mm-hmm. least to this point. I mean, one interesting thing is Bonifacio, we talk about how old Bubba Starling is he's 23 bonifacio is the same age or will be this season they're both um 20 will be 23 this year and then you've got eibner 27 martinez 27 uh raymond fuentes 25 so all you know it seems like any of those guys you could be your fourth or fifth outfielder for a few weeks and you could probably get by with it you know i mean they, they have pretty good depth at the outfield position considering that's also where they seem like you know they have two all stars. They do, yeah, um, and and all those guys would end up playing right field. You know, yeah. obviously, like barring an injury. But it's funny, like you mentioned those guys. Um, like uh, go through the names again. It's Bonifacio, Eibner, Fuentes, Starling, right? Yeah. Um, out of those four, like it is entirely likely that um, you know in three years, just say not even that long, but in three years, one of those guys is going to be like a really good player. Yeah. Uh, two of them are going to be terrible like you know just not maybe one of them's not even in baseball and then one of them will be a fourth fifth outfielder for a long time it's just how it works yep okay let's uh all right that's the that's a 40 man so now we're down to the non-roster invites uh i think we've got let me see 12 there's 18 of these guys so let's do the pitchers first uh now we're getting to the point where um some of these names you may have not heard of but let's do all right so it's Christian Benford, uh, decent kind of mid-tier pitching prospect, pitched in the Futures game. Jonathan Ziedzik, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Dylan G, uh, minor league deal in the offseason. David Huff, he's a veteran, been around a while. John Lannon, uh, we mentioned him earlier. Aroni Nina, Brooks Pounders, he's been in the organization for a while. Sam Selman, left-hander. And Chen Ming Wong, kind of the veteran pickup of the offseason. He's 36. Um, what comes to mind? Any of these guys, um, I think Dylan G obviously is the name that stands out, but what's your take on this group of guys? Well, like G and uh, Wong, and to a lesser extent, I guess Landon, like those are guys that are, <clears throat> excuse me, those are like this year's Ryan Madsen. You yeah. Know, like those are the, um, this doesn't cost us anything. Maybe he can be really good for us kind of thing. And so I, I've always thought, and this is something the Royals, it's something that every team in the Royals situation should do. Every team that, uh, you know, is in the bottom half or whatever in revenue needs to, um, you know, it's like a lottery ticket. You buy a lot of them and, um, you know, maybe you hit. But, um, you know, Binford is, uh, I, I guess, kind of one of the guys that sticks out to me in that. I mean, he's, he's been a guy that they've been, um, you know, just been sort of a steady prospect. Like people have never raved about him, um, but he's always been kind of a solid guy that the Royals have felt like they could count on. And, you know, at some point, and it may be this year, um, but at some point he'll be kind of a depth guy for the rotation. Yeah, like maybe, the, you, you can know. see there being in, like an injury and yeah. he comes in and makes two or three starts in like a Like a better Aaron Brooks. Yeah. You like know, that, something that, like that. It's a good it's a good comp, as they say. I think and also Brooks Pounders has the, the <laughs> second worst name of any uh, Royals pitcher in the system behind only Josh Blewett. Yeah. You know, uh, Dylan G, I think actually there is some upside there because two things. Um, Dave Island actually pointed him out without even anybody bringing him up at FanFest as, as a guy to watch. But um, 
you know, he was a, a good starting pitcher for the Mets for about a four-year span. Granted, it's in the National League, but his ERA was under four kind of consistently. And he wasn't as good the last couple of years, but he didn't necessarily lose his spot for production or for performance. I mean, it, when you're going to be in the same organization as Matt Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, and all those just like beasts of pitchers, um, there's was just wasn't really room for him in the yeah. Mets rotation. I think I don't know how his stuff translates to the bullpen or a, a, a one inning guy or, or that kind of stuff. But uh, talent wise, I think he's a good pickup on a minor league deal for sure. For sure, yeah. Okay, catchers. Um, these guys. Let's just do this real quick. Zane Evans, Cam Gallagher. He's been in the system for a while, and Parker Morin. So I don't some know depth. anything. Yeah, about yeah. Any of those okay. guys. Cam those Gallagher. Guys to catch. You know, yeah, yeah, they'll, sessions, they'll, they'll right? be catching yeah, at yeah, spring training. Yeah. Cam Gallagher, I think he's been in the system for a while. I think he decent defensive guy, but I'm not even sure what levels those guys are. Russian's making this up. I don't think. Yeah. Really, no. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like we were just talking about this. Um, I guess it was off air, right? But like, um, and some of this may bleed back into when I was like covering baseball full time. Um, but certainly, at some like it wasn't that long ago. Maybe like five years ago where I knew as much about like these guys, you know, the non-roster invites as the big leaguers, you know, like that was part of the, when you're watching the Royals, like you needed to watch like the play-by-play of, you know, Wilmington and Omaha and like all these other things, like the the prospects were the entire thing, you know what I mean? And like now, I don't know when that started to change, probably about four years ago, but like a lot of, like I know, a lot of, you know, some of them more than, you know, it appears when I called him Josh Blewett instead of Scott Blewett. I realized that I blew that <laughs> one, didn't I? Um, but like, you know, you, you hear about like Nolan Watson or, you know, Foster Griffin or like these guys, but you don't really, I feel like we, we were, we were knee deep in prospects five years ago covering this team. Yeah. And uh, it's just completely different. Like, who are these guys? They're not better than Alex Gordon. So yeah, whatever. It seemed weird, you know, for a while there, it seemed like there would be a guy every year or two or three that would get invites and that was sort of a story just the, one of their top prospects oh, yeah. but I don't even think I mean Bubba Starling was at he's on the 40 men now obviously but he was at camp last year so was Mondesi I believe um there so nobody really even profiles as that guy but uh real quick uh infielders also be at spring training Orlando Calixte um I think they might something happened with them in the offseason I think they either he got didn't he get, he get left DF, off? I think he got, he got DFA'd and then and then picked up and, again. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Dusty Coleman, he's back. Cody Decker um, was a pickup in the off season, and Hunter Dozier, former first round pick, will be at spring training as well. I think it's a big year for Dozier. I don't. He's he sort of had um, a down year offensively last year. At I think he was at Northwest Arkansas most of the year. Didn't perform all that well. He's 24 or will be this year. Um, so he, he's one of those guys like you can hear very different opinions on him based on like which scout you talk to, you know, because and and my assumption on that is that he's probably a guy that looks the part, um, you know, but, uh, you know, because he, he is a, a pretty big dude, um, you know, so he should have some power in there. Um, he's got a big arm. I know. Um, so there, there's some s- scouts that you know, really love the tools. He's a toolsy guy yeah. in, in the, in the game parlance, but um, it hasn't, you know, he hasn't had the, the real big numbers at all. I mean, I think, you know, last year his, his batting average, I forgot what it was, but his batting average, you know, it was like 220, 230, something like that. I mean, he just wasn't, he was, he was really struggling. 
Okay, last two guys. Um, only two non-roster outfielders at spring training. Whit Merrifield, he's been in the org for a while. And Travis that looks like a game show host. Yeah. Have you ever seen Whit Merrifield? <laughs> I feel like smooth. He really like, does. Yeah, he just, he's got like this incredible hair. Oh. Very thick and yeah. Always it's a game nicely. show host name. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, a, yeah. he legitimately well, he looks South like Carolina. Is so you're, does he have sort of the? No, yeah, yeah, he doesn't have that. I'm not talking about like that Southern boy thing. I think is what you're referring yeah, to. But no. he just, you know, you, you'll see him. You'll see him in, in surprise and tell me he does not look like a game show host. Okay, and then last but not least, Travis Snyder, uh, late pickup on a minor league deal, um, former kind of top prospect you know the funny thing about Travis Snyder and that maybe this may be inaccurate information but I almost remember he was in the Blue Jays system right around the deal that the Zach Greinke trade was going down and the first trade in 2010 and the Blue Jays sort of had a, a bunch of prospects where they were sort of in the game for Zach Greinke at the time yeah. and Snyder was one of those guys who was sort of could have been not necessarily a centerpiece but he's like you know, the Lorenzo Kane of that, yeah. of the Blue Jays package that they would have yeah. dangled for, for Grinky. So he's had sort of an interesting career. He actually had a pretty good year for the Pirates two years ago, mm-hmm. was like a serviceable outfielder and yeah. played like 135, 140 games. So it's a really, I mean, I, I think, that, you know, sort of the hitting version of what we were talking about with Dylan G and all, like it's, um, again, Low not risk. that, yeah, yeah not, not that Ned Yost pinch hits ever. Um, not that he really uses his bench, but that's a left-handed bat um, that they can bring in for a pinch hitting, you know, something. It's depth never hurts. Yeah. Uh, Sam, when are you going down to spring training? So you're putting me on the spot because I don't know. Um, I'm going once for sure. I know um, the day, the Sunday. I'm going to go the the three or four days between the Big 12 tournament and the first round of the NCAA's, and then I'd like to go again. But I haven't decided on that. That's actually on my to-do list today. Okay. Would you like me to come early or late? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. You know. All right. Whenever. Um, it'll it might be end up being late, but um, I don't know. A lot of moving parts, Rustin. Got a pregnant wife. A lot of stuff going on. Okay. Well, we can we can leave it there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> As they say. Okay. Um, this has been the Sports Beat KC podcast. Um, for Sam Mellinger and Chris Fickett, I'm Rustin Dodd. Um, this will be coming out a few days before uh, Pitchers and Catchers Report. So check out the coverage in the pages of the Kansas City Star and uh, download the True Blue app and keep track of uh, all the spring training coverage at KansasCity.com. There will be a ton of it. So signing off, we'll catch you later.